coming up on this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 298 of the YLP Podcast. Boy, do I have a show for y'all. I got a ton of news. And of course, all the news that's fit for me to talk about. What do I have on the table today? Well, I got news on, of course, the largest recruiting class in WWE history. Has officially started recording to the PC in Orlando, Florida. 18 recruits have shown up. We're going to be talking about just a good handful of them and uh, who I believe may have a solid career in NXT and beyond, who I think may not do so well. We'll figure it out as we go, but that is our top story of the week that'll kick off this week's episode. I also have an injury news on Hiromu Takahashi and Anna Jay both out for a significant amount of time. We'll talk about the injuries and how long they will be out. And of course, one of the surprising big news that came out this week, the big show. Paul White has signed with AEW. We're going to talk about why he signed. What were the reasons behind it? What happened behind the scenes? We'll be discussing all of that in today's episode. Of course, y'all know it is Friday, and you know exactly what that means. And of course, what better way to kick off your weekend than doing it in proper YLP fashion? This is episode 298 of the YLP podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. Yo, peeps, this is Mr. Fretz from the Fretzelmania podcast. And you, yes, you with the earbuds are listening to Stephen A. Smith. I mean, the Young Lions perspective right here on Russell Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Relations Podcast here. Welcome to episode 298 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Friday. Last Friday of February, ladies and gentlemen. March is almost here. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. As always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, any news I may have missed from this week, do not hesitate to let me know. Send your boy an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can leave a voice message over at anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective. 
anchor.fm slash radio. Leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And of course, Audible, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you listen to the YLP Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great Friday so far. Hope it is treating you well. Hope you had a good week. I hope, you know, whatever trials and tribulations you went through, you got it done. You were productive. You took care of some goals for the week. And here we are getting ready to head into the weekend in proper YLP fashion. I couldn't think of a better way to start off the weekend than with an episode of the YLP podcast. And, of course, an episode of News of the Week. Apparently, jalapeno lime dressing is quite spicy. Just so we know, according to uh, Mama YLP. But we are not here for jalapeno lime dressing. We are here for all the news that's fit for me to talk about. So, without further ado, before we actually before we get into uh, any of the news that I got, of course, programming note as I said on Monday. I will relay it to you again, just so you're in the know, and I keep it 100 transparent with y'all. Just so you guys know, March 3rd through March 8th, I will not be in any, well, not any condition to record, but I will not, I will be away for a little while. Uh, myself and uh, future Mrs. YLP um, will be meeting up for a private matter. Um, so that will be a thing we got going on there. And then on March 19th through the 30th, I will actually be in Denver. And uh, so I will be out there chilling with some peoples. Uh, of course, my, of course, myself and future Mrs. YLP will also be hanging out as well. So keep in, keep, keep in mind, uh, like I said, I'll keep you guys updated with episodes and when they're going to be coming out. Um, I will let you guys know that there will be an episode of last week, this week, coming this Monday, March 1st. 2021 so you ex- you can expect to get episode five of last week this week who will take a three two lead in the series we will find out this monday according to mr ylp himself so at least you know that i know at least that much and then i believe um march 12th 2021 episode 299 of the ylp podcast will be going down Oh, I'm so excited. We're almost at 300 for the YLP podcast. Big deals. The Spartan episode, the Sparta episode will be going down. So I'm quite excited about that. And I believe as well. Um, so, and also on the 15th of March, um, there will be, yes, there will be quite the episode. Um, episode six of last week, this week will be going down on March 15th. So just so you guys know, March 1st, episode 5, March 15th, episode 6, and then uh, March 12th will be episode 299 of the YLP podcast, and there will not be an episode until April after the March 15th episode of last week, this week. So I wanted to keep you guys up to date on that. So again, March 1st, episode 5, last week, this week. Episode 299 will be going down March 12th, 2021. Episode 6 will then be taking place March 15th. Now, if there will, I'm not sure if there's going to be episode 300, or I might just wait until April when I come back. That will more than likely be the move, given the fact that I will be traveling on that particular day. And um, now, keep in mind, mind you, I usually record on Thursdays. 
I'm breaking fourth wall here. I'm breaking fourth wall, big time. So I usually record on Thursdays going into Fridays, but since I'm going to have to make sure I get proper sleep um, prior to getting to that, there will be no episode 300 on March 19th as I am traveling that day. So episode 300 of the YLP podcast will be taking place sometime in April, probably the first week of first, not the first full week of April, but that following week when I come back on March 30th, there will be the 300th episode of the YLP podcast. So make sure you're looking forward to that. Keep that date uh, handy when it's necessary. But yes, I just wanted to have you guys up to date on programming notes. So there will be at least three episodes coming out uh, during my uh, vacations and whatnot. Other than that, though, let us get into this week's top story. And this week's top story, of course, comes from WrestlingInc.com. WWE announces new performance center class with Taya Valkyrie, Parker Boudreaux, I'm sorry, and others, of course, written by my favorite wrestling writer in the game, Mr. Mark Middleton. The latest WWE performance center class has officially been announced. WWE announced today, as this was from a couple of days ago, from Wednesday. Announced this past Wednesday that the largest class of recruits in company history has reported to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida to begin training under their WWE NXT contracts. This class includes the most female recruits of any class with 10. There are eight male recruits for a total of 18. This class includes Rick Steiner's son, Bronson Rick Steiner, college football standout Parker Brudreau, former Impact Knockouts champion Taya Valkyrie, NXT's LA Knight, AQA, Anthony Henry, Harlem Bravado, NXT's Zoe Stark, Christian Casanova, NXT's Gigi Dolan, Drew Casper, NXT's Cora Jade, Blake Christian, Matrick Belton, Cameron Brene, Joe Ariola, Avery Taylor, and Carissa Rivera. Now, I'm sure there are a few names that pop off immediately, some that you probably have known for a while, some you may, some you may know from the indies, and some we may not know just yet, but we shall continue on. It's worth knowing that Sari was not announced for this class. Sari reportedly signed with WWE about a year ago and has remained in Japan due to the COVID-19 pandemic. PW Insider reported earlier that Wednesday that she has just arrived in the United States. There's no word on why she wasn't announced, but it could have something to do with Sari needing to quarantine after the flight from Japan, which makes all the sense in the world to be quarantined, get it out of her system, uh, or make sure she doesn't have it. We shall continue on, though. Stay tuned for more on the latest recruiting class. And here now is the full announcement with the details on each recruit. Quote, largest recruiting, the largest recruit class in history reports to the WWE Performance Center. The largest class of recruits in WWE history has reported for training at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. This group also includes the most female recruits of any class ever at 10. The class brings a wide variety of backgrounds to the training facility and includes second generation talent independent wrestling standouts, and recruits with experience in a range of sports. Bronson Rex Steiner, the son of former WCW and WWE Tag Team Champion Rick Steiner, comes to WWE from the gridiron. At 6 feet tall and 230 pounds, he was an All-American running back at Kennesaw State University. Kira Magnin Forster, known to wrestling fans as Taya Valkyrie, is an 11-year veteran of the squared circle, a classically trained ballerina, Forrester learned wrestling under Lance Storm before breaking out in Mexico for the AAA promotion. She has competed around the world since. Sean Ricker, 
who recently debuted on NXT television as L.A. Knight, is a former NWA television champion, has competed against Drew McIntyre, John Morrison, and Jeff Hardy. Angela Arnold, trained for the Squared Circle under WWE Hall of Famer Booker T. Booker T. Love that song. If you haven't listened to that Bad Bunny Booker T song yet, that's fire. Absolute fire. And get make sure you listen to the translated version, too, just so you know what you're talking about. Continuing is competing as AQA. She's impressed in action for Booker T's reality of wrestling promotion as well as Shimmer. Parker Boudreaux of Winter Garden, Florida, stands six feet four and weighs 300 pounds. The big man was an offensive lineman for the University of Central Florida and has caught the eye of Paul Heyman on social media. Anthony Henry is a standout competitor from Evolve Wrestling and has competed on WWE Network. He's been in the ring with superstars like the Street Profits, current NXT Tag Team Champions, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, Nash Carter of MSK, and Roderick Strong. Chance Barrow, better known to fans as Holland Bravado, is a veteran of the independent scene. The North Carolina native has found success as a singles and a tag team competitor and made his way to Japan to compete for Pro Wrestling Noah. Teresa Serrano, now competing as Zoe Stark, debuted for NXT in the first ever Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Her intense in-ring style has made her a standout for the black and gold brand in short order. Christian Brigham is a Massachusetts native with six years of experience in the ring under the name Christian Casanova. Priscilla Kelly, now going by Gigi Dolit. Competed in the 2018 May Young Classic and returned WWE for the first ever Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic in NXT. Drew Casper is the brother of Jacob Casper, who joined the PC in October 2020. The 285-pounder was a two-time All-American heavyweight wrestler for Otterbean University and was the number one seeded wrestler in the NCAA Division III tournament before it was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Brianna Coda. Now known as Cora Jade, is a 19-year-old Illinois native who's been competing in the ring since 2018 and who debuted for NXT in the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Christian Hubble is a former college cheerleader who has broken out on the independent scene in recent months. The Tennessee native made a name for himself under the moniker Blake Christian in promotions like PWG and Game Changer Wrestling. Matrick Belton played Division I football for the University of South Carolina and has attended training camps for the NFL's Philadelphia Eagles. He has prepared for the rigors of the ring by training at the Combat Zone Wrestling Academy in New Jersey. Cameron Clay has been competing in the ring for four years under the name Cameron Brene and has been in the ring with the lights of NXT's Shotzi Blackheart. Joe Ariola is a 25-year-old amateur wrestler from Oak Park, Illinois, an undefeated state champion and national champion in high school. Ariota wrestled for the State University of Buffalo in college, qualifying for the NCAA tournament in 2016. Taylor Grado of Clearwater Beach, Florida, competed as Avery Taylor for promotions like Evolve and Shine. And Carissa Rivera of New Jersey has made a name for himself on the independent wrestling scene for promotions like NEW and Women's Wrestling Revolution. I believe that is the 18 that we have on this list. Now, looking at the list and seeing who we have coming into it, I always wonder possibly who will be one of the, who will be the standouts of this class. Um my mind always, you know, starts working it's like thinking who could really be the standouts? Who are really going to be the ones to stand out and really make a name for themselves on the black and gold standard? Immediately, uh, of course, Bronson Rexiner jumps out because of the fact that his dad, his dad and uncle were no were well the Steiner brothers and uh, six feet two thirty 
Um, that's not a bad way to do it. All American running back has the chops, has the look. It always makes sense for, you know, second generation um, talent to come in and do their thing. Uh, Tyra Valkyrie, I already know is going to be an absolute beast in the women's division and just adds more depth to the, to that star set division already with the likes of Io Shirai and Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and Candice LeRae and B. Hartwell. And now you get a more, even more stacked division. Of course, uh, Gigi Dolan, is definitely going to be doing her damn thing on there. I think she's going to be a possible standout in the years to come. So that so we already so the women's division easily got a lot better with uh, Gigi Dolan, um, Cora Jade. I never really heard about before, so I kind of have to. I'm going to keep an eye on her. Zoe Stark. Uh, I haven't seen uh, compete. Uh, I know she competed against Io Shirai um, on Wednesday on NXT, so I'll definitely be checking that out and see how well she did against Io Shirai. Parker Boudreaux is the one that's going to be the uh, one everybody's probably going to keep an eye on, given the fact that um, that they, he's basically uh, Brock Lesnar Jr. and has the look of Brock Lesnar, even though we already know he ain't Brock Lesnar. He looks like Brock Lesnar. But um, when you catch the eye of Paul Heyman, that means something. Um, 100% I have followed him on Twitter, and he seems like a cool dude. Seems pretty chill. So uh, it looked cool. Um I ain't gonna be mad about that whatsoever. Uh, he's one. Of, he's the one that everybody's gonna keep an eye on for the fact that, like I said, looks like Brock Lesnar. But it's just that with that alone, you know, all eyes will immediately be on him. All right, Anthony Henry's another one. Who, oh, I've seen him uh, compete in Evolve Wrestling. He's a beast. He's definitely certified, and I can't wait to see how he uh, gets down in an NXT ring. I'm quite excited. He's one of the ones I'm really quite excited about. Uh, given the fact that I've seen him compete and that, you know, he's definitely done some great work. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he has faced the likes of Josh Briggs and has competed against Austin Theory for championships in Evolve. Uh, I believe for the Evolve Championship and the WWN Championship. And I believe he's also faced J.D. Drake as well. And uh, Drake ain't no slouch, So he was definitely going up against some top dudes um, in Evolve. So I'm definitely going to be excited about that. Harlem Bravado is definitely one I am excited about as well. He is actually from the Pro Wrestling Experience promotion in North Carolina. I do follow them on Instagram, and I keep an eye on them very much so. Um, I'm quite happy with how with, with the talent that PWX has. They got some good-ass talent down there in, the, in North Carolina, man. They got some solid talent. TJ Bosch, TJ Boss, uh, Boss, my apologies. I can't believe I cannot speak English this morning. Uh, where's the heart? It'd be like that sometimes, but seeing, you know, TJ boss boss winning the X 16 tournament. Um, just, I believe a month, a month or so ago, he just won that. Um, yeah. Saeed Al Sabah is a fought as a hell of a talent, former, um, I W uh, I television champion. I believe he, ITV championship. He held that for quite some time. Cam Carter, current, uh, television champion is fire. Um, They've got a lot of good talent out there. I believe John Silver has actually competed for the promotion. Juice and Thunder Liger, during his uh, retirement tour, went down to PWX and competed. They've got a lot of really solid gems down in PWX. And I think that's one promotion everybody and their grandmama really needs to keep their eyes on. Given the fact that Holland Bravado is going to be coming up uh, to NXT, I'm really, really excited about that. Very, very excited. I can't wait to see this man in NXT. And hopefully they do have something for him because... Uh, he is an absolute beast. Now, Avery Taylor is the other one that I've actually kept an eye on as well. I also follow her on Instagram as well. Um, 
She was a former women's champion, I believe, in ACW. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, American Combat Wrestling. Um, if, if I get it wrong, please let me know. If you guys know about Avery Taylor, of course. Um, but yeah, she's a former women's champion. Uh, definitely someone I, I will be keeping my eye on because of the fact that I've seen her, I have seen her compete. Um, she's a heck of a talent. She's got kind of has that. She's an easy heel. Easy, easily will be a heel um, when she comes into NXT. 100%. She has that heel look and definitely plays her character very well. So I'm really excited to see this new class um, coming in. It really has a lot of standouts for this. I'm, I'm quite excited. I'm really excited to see um, who, the, you know, who they're really going to be bringing in. Some we don't know. And that's cool. I mean, also, a couple of... Uh, you know, people from Jersey, which is always a good thing since I am, since I is from Jersey. Um, so it's definitely a uh, fantastic way to uh, see some talent from Jersey get in there. Quite excited. I am quite excited to see, you know, how this class pans out. I would say this is more one of the more star-studded classes to come out. Um, yeah, we know we have, we have the Seth Rollins and the Charlotte Flairs and the Sasha Banks, but in terms of just class, just class alone, when you have the talent of a Ty Valkyrie and LA Knight, um, Zoe Stark already in the Gigi Dolan, you got uh, the son of Rick Steiner coming in, which is going to be great. You have of course Parker Brujo, Parker Brujo, um, you know from uh, from uh, Reality of Wrestling, you know she's a big deal now. Coming in, they have a it's star studded talent. It's a lot of talent coming from the indies and from other promotions like Impact and all that. This is going to be a very solid class. I really and this could actually produce a really good amount of talent. I mean, the rich get richer when it comes to NXT talent. Um, but we did speak about this last week, um, on last week this week, and it is still cause for concern because of the fact that with. NXT, you know, is good because of the fact that, you know, a lot of recruitment, but they're going to have to figure out how they're going to include them in the swing of things in NXT. I mean, when you have a Taya Valkyrie, she's immediately off rip before she even steps into the ring. She's already mid-tier in my eyes. She is nowhere near a low tier. Um, she is mid-tier easily off off the rip. There's no way you can tell me with with the type of talent that you have in Taya Valkyrie now in uh, NXT. Um, she will immediately be jetpacked up to the top tier and definitely competing for a women's championship, I say, within her first 18 months um, in the ring. But usually, as I've seen with all the talents, um, I usually give them about a, about a two-year window before I can really see any results from them. And that's kind of the model that NXT has really been following. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed it personally, um, but from what I have seen, it usually takes about a, going into their second year, their sophomore year in NXT is when they're really shining. For, you know, first bit. Oh, excuse me. Take a sip of water there. Mm, that burp didn't go up too well. My goodness. Anyway, my apologies. But. I, I always usually say that. The first two years when you're in NXT are usually your growing years. Are usually your growing pains years, and 
your first year, like I said, what I've noticed from new recruits or anybody that's coming into the fold where, you know, they're starting to get into their, into their groove, it usually takes about a year before they even get into like a feud or some sort. You've noticed it from pretty much all the talent for the past few years. Um, unless they were already a big deal coming in, more than likely you're going to be spending your first year eating some dog shit and taking a lot of L's. And that's not a diss to any of them. That's just how the business works. You're the new, you're the new one. You're the new top talent coming in. You're going to have to pay your dues. You're going to have to take some L's. And that's perfectly fine. Most of the talent that I've seen in NXT and the one that usually, the one that easily comes to my mind is uh, none other than Austin Theory. He had to eat a lot of shit his first year in NXT. He had to eat a lot of shit. But he did it in a way, they did it in a way where it didn't, you know, it made him look like he had promise, you know. And, you know, was floating around a little bit, doing some, doing little, little small TV feuds, nothing too crazy. You know, of course, the Bronson Reed thing is when, you know, he officially broke out, quit, quote unquote, and then came back and became part of the way with Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell. Same thing with Indy. Um, she was a bit of a jobber for a while. And I just string, and I, of course, y'all, y'all know, y'all knew. I called that shit. I called the theory, and I called Hartwell. I said that months back, way before the way became a thing. I had a feeling that Austin Theory was going to join up with Johnny and Indy with Candice. You know, if they were going to find, you know, show the way, they were going to bring in recruits. And th- lo and behold, I was right. And Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell came into the fold. So this is nothing. I don't do this because I'm like just some sage wise motherfucker that just knows this shit. I kind of see, you, you kind of notice patterns um, within certain things and you kind of have an idea of, you know, what they can do. I said the same thing about Keith Lee. I said the same thing about Damian Priest. It's going to take about a year, 18 months, maybe two years, depending on the talent themselves before they get into their groove and, w- and NXT actually has something for them building their character, all that stuff. So this class to me personally, looking at the 18 that they have, um, this class has a lot of promise. Not only is this the largest recruiting class in the history of the company, this is also honestly what I believe is besides, you know, like of course the originals and all that shit. Besides that, besides that class, this probably may be the most talented class coming in to the WWE PC. And I don't throw just greatest ever type things just all willy-nilly because it's Friday and I'm feeling good in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I, I say this because, like, I've been hearing about this for quite some time. Of course, when we heard the rumblings about Taya Valkyrie, my mom was just like, she's immediately going to be gunning for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, Priscilla, uh, Gigi Dolan, um, I'm glad she's there because of the fact that, you know, she has competed with the company before in the Mae Young Classic, and she has a, a nice look for um, NXT. I hope that a good portion of this talent actually gets some run in NXT because not every person of this class is actually going to make it. We know this. We know we've seen this before many a time. It's a tale as old as time that you're gonna see some talent not make it, and that's you know either by their fault of their own or NXT really didn't have anything anything for them, or they weren't you know they had a character didn't pan out. It happens to the best of them. Okay, 
So let's keep things in mind. We have an idea of who will be around for a while, who will become the mid to top tier talent a couple of years down the line. And we also have an idea of who may not make it, but, you know, we will see. We shall see what happens. Again, 18 recruits coming in to the WWE Performance Center this week, and we will see how everything goes. So that's going to conclude this week's top story for episode 298 of the YLP Podcast. When we come back on the flip side of, of news of the week, we're going to be talking about some injury news. Hiromu Takahashi and Anna Jay are reportedly going to be out for a significant amount of time. We'll talk about their injuries, how long they will be out. I also, of course, one of the biggest pieces of news of the week, the big show is officially all elite. We're going to be talking about that and why he is now in AEW as well as details on Marty Skrull's role at recent NJPW tapings. Apparently, Marty Skrull has an on-screen role for NJPW. In what capacity, I will tell you on the flip side of episode 298 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. I'm your HBIC, the Kate Murphy. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out of parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is right on your smartphone. Kings of the Rings podcast. Kings of the Rings podcast contains everything happening on WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AEW, brought to you by King Ricky Rose, our founder, Willie T, and me. So why don't you join the thousands of happy peppy people and get a great big helping of Kings of the Rings podcast today. I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to pick up your phone, choose your favorite streaming app, subscribe to Russell Addict Radio, and press play. That's Kings of the Rings podcast here on Russell Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Episode 298 of the YLB Podcast, talking about, of course, the news of the week. But before we get into the remainder of the news for this segment of the program, of course, I want to make sure y'all get y'all butts over to my spring store. Spring is coming. And y'all know uh, St. Patrick's Day is also coming as well. So why not get you some YLP merch in green? Yes. Um... We do have uh, an assortment of colors for uh, the YLP collection uh, for men, women, and of course the young cubs out there. I know most of y'all will be celebrating uh, St. Patrick's Day in some form uh, in just a few weeks. So why not head over to uh, young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com and get yourself some YLP merch today. If you get it now... I guarantee that you will have that shirt, pullover, hoodie, tank top, flowy tank top, boyfriend tee, 
all that stuff. Any of any of the merch you can go on there. You can check it out. Right now. I guarantee you right now. And of course, if you're a patron, over on patreon.com forward slash radio, you can get yourself, of course, a nice little discount. Nice little percentage off of your purchase if you are, of course, a patron over on patreon.com slash radio. But yes, definitely get you some merch right now. I mean, like I said, Patrick, St. Patty's Day's coming up. Easter's coming up. You know, the summer's coming. Fastening. I can actually think straight nine, nine times out of ten. Get yourself prepared. Fellas, get yourself a YLP tank top. Show off them guns if you've been in the gym all winter. I know with COVID, you know, some some states still have, you know, gyms that aren't open. But if you've been getting your swole on for the entirety of, you know, the fall and the winter, hey, reward yourself with a tank top. Show off them guns, you feel me? Also, I have coffee mugs. I got organic tote bags. I got beach towels tapestries, posters, die-cut stickers, which I have on my laptop as we speak right now. I love it. It looks great. Um, I have my own. I got the YLP socks that are comfortable. I got a YLP t-shirt. Fits very well on my arms. You know, I do go to the gym a good amount during the week. So, you know, they fit good on my arms. They don't feel too tight, not too restricting when I'm doing, you know, biceps or triceps or anything like that. So, it's always a good thing. Yeah, make sure you head over to young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com Get yourself some YLP merch today and, and let them know Mr. YLP himself sent you. Let's get back into the news. And I want to talk about a little bit of injury news uh, that went down during this week, notably Hiromu Takahashi. Now, his last injury happened about, a, about say, three close to three years ago when he and Dragon Lee um, we're, take, we're facing each other for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And unfortunately, Takahashi broke his neck. Or damn near broke his neck. Um, yes, he wrestled with a broken fucking neck. We know. But again, unfortunately, from WrestlingInc.com, New Japan Pro Wrestling announces Hiromu Takahashi is injured from Kelly Halat. NJPW announced that Hiromu Takahashi was taken off the February 20th Road to the Castle Attack event due to a left shoulder injury. Due to his injury, two matches were changed for the card. Hiromu and Shingo Takagi were slated to face El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori, but has now changed to Shingo Takagi versus Yujiro Takahashi. Now, mind you, this was from February 20th, so this had uh, already occurred. Uh, LP and Ishimori instead faced Yoda Suji and Yuya Yurimura in the opening matchup. Takahashi injured his shoulder on February 19th during his match against Kota Ibushi and Tomoaki Hanma. I believe he actually competed with Tetsuya Naito ahead of Ibushi and Naito's clash for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship that I believe is supposed to be going down this weekend. Um, So that's going to be an interesting thing. And that really sucks for Takahashi. Now, from what I had heard as well, um, he actually has vacated the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, it's very, very unfortunate for Hiromu, especially after the storyline that this man just had going into Wrestle Kingdom um, 15, you know, with um, facing El Fantasmo to become the number one contender for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, and then defeating Taiji Ishimori. And become, became, again, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And I'm looking at eWrestlingNews.com for that story. 
Um, so this was from actually yesterday. So NJPW apparently e- uh, issued the following. This is from eWrestlingNews.com, by the way. Harumu vacates three stride for IWGP Junior Heavyweight Gold. Championship situation still up in the air after Corican Hall. Before action could start on February 25th, Road to Castle attack card in Corican Hall, Harumu Takahashi got the evening started with an emotional address to fans in attendance, confirming to the crowd that his left pectoral tear has rendered him unable to make a scheduled defense Sunday at Castle Attack. Romo reasserted his dream to wear junior heavyweight gold and win the heavyweight title in prime time in a Tokyo Dome main event. Ultimately, though, declaring he wanted no regrets in his wrestling life, Romo would relinquish his championship belt to chairman Naoki Sugabayashi for the sake of the junior heavyweight division before requesting Bushi take his place opposite El Fantasmo in Sunday's Osaka bout. The main event, however, would add a wrinkle to Hiromu's request. In a thrilling main event for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles, a pinche loco from El Desperado to number one contender El Fantasmo led to Suzuki Goon recapturing the tag team titles. After the bout, Desperado is not, apparently not satisfied with one set of belts. Quote, you and Bushi? Really? Desperado would ask before declaring how, that however you look at this thing, I'm next, not Bushi. Desperado said that a th- either a three-way should take place at Castle Attack or that he should face the winner next Thursday at the, in the Nippon Budokan at Anniversary before being silenced by LP's sudden death. In response, Bushi would hit a code breaker to Fantasmo for the, before declaring that since Hiromu named me, I have to do this, promising that he would win for Hiromu and for himself. It seems that, seems that the junior heavyweight title scene is crowded one-headed is a crowded one headed into the weekend. What will happen? So the length of this injury that he has, he's going to be out for six months. So he won't be back until, what's today? It is February. He won't be back until at least August. Late August, early September. Um, Yeah, six months. It really sucks because, you know, Takahashi was definitely going into 2021 as the top dog in the junior heavyweight division. Um, I'm sure he and Fantasma were going to have a solid matchup um, going into uh, February 28th. Um, yeah, but you never want to see anyone get injured, you know, at all. You don't want to see it. It sucks. Um, but yeah, especially for a guy like Takahashi who had gone through injury before, came back, got just got the championship, and um, yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. And plus, given the fact that Naito um, is nursing a knee injury, but he's scheduled to face Ibushi um, on night two of Castle Attack this coming Sunday, it, it's definitely going to be rough for Los Ingobernables de Japón for quite some time with, with just Bushi and with just Bushi, Takagi, Sonata, and Naito. Um, they're now two down to a quartet. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to take place with Takahashi. More importantly, what's going to take place with the junior heavyweight division. Now that we have Bushi, El Desperado, and El Fantasmo leading the way in terms of the uh, junior title. And also with uh, Ishimori, the former... IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, I'm sure he would probably definitely be uh, wanting to be in the mix for uh, getting back his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship that he lost at Wrestle Kingdom to Takahashi. So we'll see how that goes. Um, We here at, of course, 
the YLP podcast, along with myself and my unofficial co-host, my doge, Marley, uh, do wish Takahashi the best in his recovery. Um, get well soon, my dude. Don't rush it. Um, take your time and get well soon, my dude. And another person we will be wishing um, well wishes and a very quick and speedy recovery is to none other than the Dark Order's Anna J. And this is from EssentiallySports.com. AEW star and Dark Order member Anna J will reportedly miss one year due to severe injury. This is from Angana Roy. AEW fans got another disappointing news. Got another disappointing news this week. I'm just reading it as it was written, people. The infamous Dark Order member and noted superstar Anna J will be out of in-ring action for a minimum of six months. On on AEW's official Twitter handle, the company announced that Jay has suffered a severe shoulder injury. The injury occurred during training and would require surgery, rendering Jay out of action for 6 to 12 months. Anna Jay was a part of the AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. The winner of this match will get a title shot at the upcoming AEW Revolution card against the champion Hiraku Hikaru Shida. They really just butchered that one. They said Hiraku when it's supposed to be Hikaru. Struggle bars. Um, Anna was going to face Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD in the first round. Her replacement, Maddie Rinkowski, protege and student of former NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa, ended up losing to Baker in a few minutes. Jay is out of the ring since she wrestled Alex Garcia on the AEW Dark episode of January 12th. However, she remained on her tag team partner, Taekwondo's side, during matches. Fightful Select says Jay was actually injured over a month ago, hence AEW changed a few dark tapings at her convenience. However, the injury is quite severe. AEW has already pulled her from the tournament promotions, and this injury update confirms it all. She stated her uh, disappointment um, following an announcement, tweeting, saying, uh, quote, I am super upset about all this. All I can do now is put in the work to come back stronger. Thanks for all the love and support, everyone. It means a lot to me, end quote. After the injury update, various AEW superstars extended their support to Jay. AEW World Champion Kenny Omega wrote, quote, terrible shame, but it's the nature of the beast. Hope for a quick recovery, end quote. Austin Gunn saying, quote, I know what it's like to be injured. It's what's led me to be so good at cheering ringside. So please, Anna Jay, we'd be honored if you join the Gun Club ringside on Wednesday nights, end quote. Jay's tag team partner, Ty Conti, AEW superstar Dustin Rhodes, and Taz also extended their support to Jay. We hope for a swift recovery. Her presence in these tough times will surely be missed. It's rough, you know, for any person in uh, the wrestling industry to get an injury, especially when they're in a stable such, just like the Dark Order, who's really been on a roll as of late, and knowing that she had been injured at least over a month ago definitely makes sense um, given the fact that she, we really haven't seen her compete anyway. So my thought was that they really had nothing for her in terms of creative. That's usually my first thought. If you're not in the ring, I guess they have nothing for you, but now knowing that it's an injury and knowing that she's going to be out for what could be a year is definitely surprising. Um, I mean, people get hurt in training all the time. Bodybuilders get hurt. Uh, We've seen triple H tear, tear a pec muscle, multiple times. John Cena's done it. You, uh, Big Cass broke his leg during a match against Enzo. That was a weird flex. But um, injuries are the nature of the beast in professional wrestling. That's 
honestly, in all walks of life, it doesn't matter whether you're working on a scaffold, cleaning windows, or you can, hell, you can throw out your back sneezing. Yes, that's an actual thing. You can throw out your back sneezing. Ask any baseball player that's done it. Um, injuries can happen in any, in a multitude of ways. It's just a matter of making sure, you know, you stay as healthy as possible. But even even at your healthiest, you can still get injured. It happens to the best of us. I've I have messed up my finger. I have messed up my knee. I have uh, sprained my ankle, my right ankle, more times than I like to admit. Um, I damn near broke my neck jumping, back flipping off of a fence when I was four. I mean, I, I fucked myself up a little bit. But um, yes, every I mean, I personally thank goodness I've never had a major surgery in my life, so that's always a win in and of itself. But. I wish no injury upon any any person, man or woman. Doesn't matter. Because, you know, like I said, it's it's just the nature of the beast. It's just the nature of the beast. It comes to the territory of being a professional wrestler. And it sucks. Because a talent like Anna Jay definitely... I was really hoping she would do well. Even if it was in a losing effort against uh, Britt Baker. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to suck not seeing her there with the Dark Order. Or she could be there with the Dark Order in just a managerial capacity being a second at ringside. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if she's going to be there with the team, with, with her stable, or she's not going to be there as often. Of course, getting treatment, recovery, getting surgery, it's going to be a big deal. Once she gets surgery, she's going to be probably doing some PT for a good amount of time once she is able to actually get back into the swing of things. But yeah, a year, damn, that is rough. I mean, I can only imagine how bad she roughed that shoulder up um, during training. I mean, it could happen anywhere at any time. So, um, hopefully, you know, she takes care of herself. Uh, hope surgery goes well. And, of course, like I said, as same thing with uh, Takahashi-san. We here uh, at the Wildly Podcast and on behalf of WrestleLetic Radio, we wish Anna Jay the speediest of recoveries and uh, well wishes on her uh, journey back to recovery and getting back into the ring as soon as humanly possible. But we shall continue on. Apologies, I was just looking at some notifications. Do-do-do, get all of those out. I'll look at that later. My apologies. Let's get into the big show. <laughs> Had to do it one time. Yeah, real, real ones know. Real ones know what I just did, and y'all probably are laughing your ass off. From ProWrestling.com, Paul, Big Show White. Signs with All Elite Wrestling to call new weekly series. This is from Mike Killam. The world's largest athlete is All Elite. All Elite Wrestling announced today, and by today, I actually mean um, Wednesday, that seven-time World Heavyweight Champion Paul White has signed a long-term contract with the company. The seven-foot giant is better known the world over by his ring name, The Big Show, which he used while competing in WWE for the last 22 years. AEW has confirmed that White will be stepping back into the ring. In addition to his role as commentator for the brand new series, AEW Dark Elevation. An expansion of the AEW Dark series that is successfully run on Tuesday nights via the company's official YouTube, Elevation will air on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
The show promises to feature established and rising stars as well as the top independent wrestlers within the industry competing against each other in the ring in pursuit of wins. Uh, And here is the press release sent to us by AEW. February 24th, 2021. Well, as 2021 shapes up to be the year for AEW's biggest shows yet, today the promotion announced that wrestling legend Paul White's on a long-term deal, adding yet another universally regarded name to AEW's roster of stars, legends, and upcoming talent. White will have an extensive role within AEW, and on top of his return to the ring, he will serve as commentator on AEW's newest show, AEW Dark Elevation. Complimenting AEW Dark on Tuesdays, AEW Dark Elevation will air on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AEW's YouTube channel and will showcase AEW's established and rising stars as well as the top independent wrestlers within the industry competing against each other in the ring in pursuit of wins. AEW Dark Elevation will also maintain continuity with AEW Dynamite, AEW Dark, AEW pay-per-view shows, and streaming events with wins and losses factoring into each wrestler's ranking in the company. With new wrestling programming now available three nights per week, AEW continues to solidify its position as the fastest growing and hottest promotion in professional wrestling. Quote, it's been amazing to watch what AEW has built in just a couple of years, said Paul White. AEW Dark is an incredible platform to hone the skills of up-and-coming wrestlers, but I also love that established AEW talent can build out their personalities and showcase themselves in new ways on Dark. It's no exaggeration why they say that AEW is boundless, end quote. Tony Khan says, quote, Paul White is one of the most recognizable and impressive professional athletes in the world. He wanted to come to AEW because he believes that we're the best promotion in wrestling. And we believe that he has a lot to offer us, both in the ring as a wrestler and also outside the ring as a commentator, host, and ambassador for AEW. Paul is one of the most experienced stars in all of wrestling, and he's eager to work with our diverse roster. He could benefit and guide our young talent with his mentorship and his expert commentary on AEW Dark Elevation. We'll educate and entertain our fans and also educate the younger wrestlers on the roster. Furthermore, Paul enters AEW as a licensed wrestler, and he's very much looking forward to studying our talent firsthand from the commentary desk in preparation for his return to the ring. Interesting. Very, very interesting that Mr. White would actually... Join AEW. It's quite interesting, you know. It's just like it, it came out. Of, this one came out of nowhere, to be honest. Because when I found out that he was going to go to AEW, I was thinking in my head, I'm just like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> Why is he going to AEW? You know, it's one of those things like. It doesn't make any sense. He's been WWE forever. You know, and now all of a sudden he he left, you know. Why why would why would he leave the company? But I mean, we head over to talksport.com and we can see if we can find an answer as to why he may have left. From, this is actually from Alex McCarthy. Paul White, famously known as The Big Show during his WWE tenure, shocked the wrestling world on Wednesday when he signed with AEW. After 22 Hall of Fame-worthy years in WWE, White made the decision to jump to All Elite Wrestling and will work in multiple capacities for Tony Khan's company. 
me see her. Forest commentator on AEW's new show. Uh, White will be an ambassador, performer, and mentor. Uh, okay, so as WWE source told TalkSport, quote, he just wasn't ready to call it quits yet, with White believing he still had more to give in the ring and or on TV. Having a desire to maximize the winner of his career is very understandable. In WWE, it wasn't just that they were, weren't using him in the ring, they weren't using him at all. Not backstage, not as a character, or even a trainer. Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, says Big Show's WWE contract expired in January, and the two sides were unable to come to financial terms on a new deal. White's final WWE appearance came at Legend WWE Legends Night on Raw, and Johnson said, one source, stated that White was very open that night about his unhappiness about the situation. Fightful have also weighed in on the situation, saying most of the WWE talent that we spoke with had no idea of the Big Show leaving, and there wasn't a chorus of goodbyes they recall. The report also says WWE management became aware White would be leaving this month. It also says someone close to White believed a major career move was coming because he has had some major life events over the past months, including selling his house, his WWE deal expiring, and his Netflix show getting canceled. One thing consistent with every report is that Paul White and WWE couldn't agree on money or how he should be used. In AEW, he now has the chance to make the most of the latter years of his career. And it goes back to the saying that usually there's two things that you, people usually fight over in the world of professional wrestling. That's cash and creative. And apparently in this case, biggest one, cash. And creative. <laughs> but more so cash. The only reason I say it was shocking is because... Big Show, Big Show been there forever. Like, forever, ever. Forever, ever, forever, ever. He been there since I was, I started watching wrestling. That lets you know how long he has been in the industry. I, I was watching this man when he was the giant in WCW. That's how long I've been watching professional wrestling. Am I showing my age? Probably. I mean, I'm only 33, shit. And literally two-thirds of my life was spent watching the Giant. Literally and mathematically. Look it up. Do, you, do your math. Literally two-thirds of my life. So, now knowing that WWE had nothing for him, he wasn't even a producer. Not even a talent agent. He, wasn't just, he was just getting a check. Which, to some people around the world, I'm sure, including myself, um, that's that's a cool deal. You know, you're not doing much of anything, you're still getting a check, and you're still working for the company, in a sense. Yeah, that's a cool deal. But for Paul White, I'm sure he wanted to work in some capacity with the company, but if they weren't allowing him to do so, then I can understand his frustration and wanting to actually branch out to somewhere else. Um now, I know people will probably be thinking, oh, you know, AEW signed another old dude, yada, yada. That's perfectly fine. Now, I personally do not want to see him in a ring. I don't think he needs to be in a ring. This ring should be um, more so for the for the talent on the roster. But given the fact that he is now, I guess, part of the roster, I guess we'll see how that works. It's just something, I, I mean, I, I'm curious to see how he works on commentary. It's going to be interesting to see how that works. 
And I have not seen um, AEW Dynamite just yet, and my apologies for not live tweeting last night or notifying y'all. I was just tired on Wednesday. I was just super tired. So I I, I pretty much went night-night, and, and that's how that goes. Um, it bees what it bees, and we will continue on from that. But I don't know. I, I'm really surprised that WWE wouldn't be able to retain him. Now, again, it's always, you know, it was cash. You know, it was it was financial, so I get it. Um, I'm just really, really surprised. You know, if, at this point, honestly, you can just literally just enjoy the rest of your years in existence and just cool out. And I wouldn't be mad at you. It's just quite surprising that he actually made the jump to AEW. It's it's one of those things where it's just like whoa. Like, literally, whoa. I, I can, uh, I'm not sure how Vince McMahon reacted to it, you know. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does, how he does it, you know, who he's going to be working with on uh, Dark Elevation. And apparently it is going to be none other than Tony Schiavone. Uh, that's also cool. That's going to be cool. See how that works. But um, yeah, it's gonna be. I'm gonna be interested to see how he works on commentary, how well he does, how he and Tony actually play off each other. It's gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna be interested in seeing how this works. I'm sure Vince probably, you know, was quite surprised by the announcement, as usually any person will be able to. Um, yeah, I, this this was. I wouldn't say it's like a bombshell announcement. You know what I'm saying? But it's definitely one of those things where you're just like, whoa. That that that's a very, very that's a very big surprising move. So it's 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 gonna I mean now he's you know, of course, in the WWE alumni section. I'm I'm just surprised. I am just really, really very surprised. And we shall see what actually comes out of it. Um, you know, I, I hope, you know, this is a really good decision for Paul White. I hope it works out well for him. And we shall see because we're going to be seeing him on YouTube and on AEW programming going forward. And to round out this section, this portion of the podcast, from fanbite.com, details on Marty Skrull's role at recent NJPW tapings. This is actually from Emily Pratt. Marty Skrull hasn't had a televised wrestling match since February 2020, when the COVID-19 pandemic drove his then-home company, Ring of Honor, to go on hiatus. It became unclear if or when he would be seen in the ring again, when he and ROH mutually decided to part ways after an investigation into allegations made during June 2020's widespread airing of abuse in the wrestling industry known as the Speaking Out Movement. And of course, y'all know I damn well talked about that at length last year. If you don't, if you haven't checked out those episodes, please make sure you do check out those. Um, those are all, all the way back in June. I talked about it at length. I think I just did a full-on episode with that, um, if you guys want to check that out. However... Fightful reported earlier today that Skrull, now by today, I actually mean 
Wednesday. A lot of news, news came out on Wednesday. Jesus Christ. Five Bullet reported earlier on Wednesday that Skrull was back in the wrestling world, and a source shared additional details with fan bite about what he'll be doing. Five reported that Wednesday that Marty Skrull reported Wednesday that Marty Skrull was backstage at a recent set of New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong tapings in California, and that we weren't told if Skrull had any involvement in the content on the show, but I've been told that he has expressed interest in rejoining the company. A source with knowledge of the tapings. The requesting to remain anonymous told fan by that Skrull did, in fact, play an on-screen role at these tapings. The sc- source said that Skrull worked at the NJPW Strong tapings on January 22nd, 2021, one week before my birthday, and was involved in a post-match angle with Rocky Romero. The source said that while everyone working on NJPW Strong signs an NDA about the content of the tapings, there was no extra secrecy about Skrull's involvement. Quote, they weren't trying to hide him. End quote. The source said, so that says that they were surprised by Skrull's involvement, saying, I thought we were going to be the company that wasn't booking these guys to get some buzz. They're going to get buzz, all right, but probably not the kind they're looking for. And it just reeks of letting things slide because these people are all friends or whatever. They added that, quote, I really think, just think fans should know his involvement beforehand so they can choose to tune in or not, end quote. Skrull most recently wrestled for NJPW in spring 2019 as part of the Best of Super Juniors tournament and had been a staple in the company's junior heavyweight division for the previous few years. While working at Ring of Honor, he joined the NJPW-based Bullet Club stable in May 2017, shortly before he made his NJPW debut as part of BOSJ 2017. He won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship from Will Ospreay in November of that year and lost it again at Wrestle Kingdom 12 in January 2018 in that kick-ass four-way for that title that was bananas and if you still haven't seen that yet watch that shit wrestle kingdom 12 by the way insane he was also a member of the elite half of the bullet club and the most notable member of the group to not to move on to all elite wrestling instead of staying instead staying with ring of honor starting a new faction called villain enterprises and becoming part of the booking committee Fanbite reached out to a representative from NJPW about the story and is yet to receive a response. Very solid article from Miss Emily Pratt. Very, very solid article. Now, the one big thing a lot of people are going to be talking about, of course, is that... um, Oh my god, why is he back on television? He just got accused of sexual assault and... You know, and you know, rape and all that stuff. Why the fuck is he back in fucking professional wrestling? This piece of shit does not need to be anywhere near a fucking ring. And yeah, I did that a little bit too well. Sue me. I watched too much TV when I was a kid, and I just liked to mock people. So, <sighs> I'm sure. New Japan had their reasons behind it. I'm sure that, you know, time has passed. Uh, I, I mean, to some, enough time won't pass. And we may never know the actual true story. I mean, the allegations were there. I mean, we can actually go check out the allegations real quick because if you go on the hyperlink at fanbyte.com, you can actually find out what it was. But, you know, time heals all wounds. For sure. And. Ah, yes, that one. Sexually sexually abusing. uh, uh, 
Yeah. Oh, I remember this. Yep. Yeah, I remember this one 100%. Yep. Pretty much the story went that, um, yeah, I remember this nun. Yep. Yep. Jing and drinks when she was, okay. Yeah. I remember this one. So apparently, you know, as the story went on her side, it was that, uh, she said she was sexually abused after being fed drinks at events. Uh, Skrull took her home and then get pretty much in her mind, um, as she explains it, of the allegation that she was sexually abused. Um, Skrull believed the encounter was consensual across the board. And surprisingly, it never went to court or anything of that matter. So at this point, honestly, it's he said, he said, she said at this point. So we, I mean, we never know the actual true story between the whole thing, because there's always three sides, yours, mine, and the truth. Or to have my dog tell it, she pretty much knows everything and no, I can never be wrong. That's her, her words, not mine. Bees what it bees. But I am surprised that they're actually he's actually back in our wrestling ring in some capacity. And you know, the fact that I do have New Japan and JPW World, I actually may check that out. I may see, you know, I'm not sure when it's going to be coming out. I know they taped it uh, back in January. So I'm going to be interested to see... Um, what he's going to be doing with Rocky Romero in some capacity. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are still pissed off at Marty Skrull. Um, I've seen people burn his merch. I have not because I am a fan of Marty Skrulls. And y'all can, y'all can be mad at me all you fucking want. I do not care. I have been a fan of Marty Skrull since 20, since literally 2017. And, you know, when I first heard, when I first saw him in NJPW and I've been a fan of his ever fucking since. And that, and I'm not crazy enough to burn merch, destroy merch, anything like that. I still got villain. I still have the villain club T-shirt, and I will always wear that T-shirt because I fucking love that T-shirt. And it still fits me, even though I've gotten big. Um, I'm happy for him. If he feels it's time to get back into the ring and do some things, so be it. You know, I'm. I mean, I'm quite happy for him. I know a lot of people are. You're probably thinking, oh my. Fucking God, this piece of shit, Mr. Wild B himself. Fucking giving him kudos for goddamn getting in a fucking ring and piece of shit. Think what you say what you want. Say what you want. But again, time heals all wounds. People have gotten shit on for less in the industry, okay? Let's get that one thing straight. But I'm not gonna, you know, shit on Marty. For getting back in the ring and getting back into wrestling and doing what he loves. Feel me? Now, if it ever gets to a point where we found out, yeah, he did some shit, then yeah, fuck him. But there has been no investigation, no court case, none of that nonsense. Oi! Can you really not with my Amazon shit? Can you not? Can you not? Can you not mess up future Mrs. YLP's presence? Okay, I'll 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 take care of your ears in a in a minute. All right, silly girl, silly cute girl. I know you got that, but I know. There you go. 
But yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how this goes with uh, him and NGPW. I'm glad he's back in New Japan. I, like I said, I'm a fan of his and working in uh, New Japan Pro uh, Wrestling of America. Always a cool thing. I know people will still hate on him for what happened. You know, th- this is not the kind of buzz they're looking for. They're gonna, If they're going to do it, they're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? They're going to do it. So let them do their thing. And if it comes, in, I mean, if uh, you, you won't see him anyway unless you have New Japan Pro World anyway, Pro Wrestling World anyway. So if you don't have NGPW World, you won't watch him. So that's how it works with that. But I'm not going to discount him. I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's getting back into the ring. I'm happy to see him do some things. And um, Rocky Romero, may, if, it, if it is what I think it is, Rocky Romero may need to watch himself because uh, when you hear that, whoop, whoop, Mr. Skrull is coming for you. Anywho, so that's going to conclude this portion of the program a little bit longer than they usually go for, but we got to talk about a good amount to talk about. So in the last segment of this week's episode of News of the Week, I got news on Dakota Kai. Wanted to see more crossover between NXT and the main roster. The possible reason why Drew McIntyre lost the WWE title to The Miz at Elimination Chamber and a plea from Mick Foley in terms of WWE to not mess around regarding Rhea Ripley's push. We'll discuss all of that on the last segment of episode 298 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you have just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month or about 17 cents a day, you can join our Patreon group where you will get exclusive access to shows that you will not get anywhere else, including Wrestle Wars, Watch the Throne, The Secret Files, and the pay-per-view show, just to name a few. Of course, we also have Fretz's Favorite Five and a bunch of other bonus content, as well as 15% off, 15% off of any of the merchandise we sell in our Teespring merchandise store. So head over to patreon.com backslash WrestleAddictRadio, all one word, for your chance to be a part of an amazing wrestling community. segment of episode 298 of the YLP podcast. As y'all know, we're talking about news of the week. But before I get into the last three articles of this week's episode, I want to let you guys know to make sure you watch out for Limitless Wrestling's next event coming up March 19th, 2021, where they forgive to us, they present Double Vision. Oh yeah, it's a big deal. It is quite the big deal. 
Yes, yes, it is quite a big deal. Why is it such a big deal? Why is it a big deal for Mr. Wild B himself to be talking about a limitless wrestling event from me? I'm glad you asked, damn it. Because, well, not only do we have the big, a huge main event for the Limitless Wrestling Championship on the line between Christian Casanova and Daniel Garcia. WrestleLatic Radio is sponsoring it. Yes, yes, WrestleLatic Radio, we, we, we did a thing. We did, we did three of them things. We did three of them things. Um, yes, we are co-sponsoring this event as well. Um, Limitless Wrestling has to re- reach out to us. And wanted to know if we wanted to sponsor the event. And we had we, we did a huddle. It was a good convo. And in the end, we realized, you know what? Let's get in with it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So yes, Wrestle Addict Radio is co-sponsoring Double Vision, March 19th, IWTV.com. Christian Katsanova defending the Limitless Wrestling Championship against Daniel Garcia. Big deal. Big title fight. Get your friends, get some wings, pizza, beer, whatever you're drinking. For me personally, uh, wrestle, uh, watermelon, Mountain Dew, zero sugar. Fucking delicious. Real good. Mm. But yes, um, as far as I know, there are a couple of matches. Uh, as far as I know, I know two of the matches on the card, of course, Casanova and Garcia for the championship. Um, Myron Reed versus Alec Price. I believe Big Beef is going to be in action. So there's some notable names in there. Um, of course, Myron Reed, uh, definitely in on it. I'm really excited about that because I love me some Myron Reed, former MLW middleweight champion of the world, losing against Leo Rush. Now current MLW and Triple A R Cruiserweight Champion. So I'm interested to see how that works. And so we'll see how that works. We'll see how all that pans out. But yes, again, March 19th, Limitless Wrestling presents Double Vision. And you can catch all that on IWTV.com. I believe it's 10 bucks. Uh, let's check that out. So make sure you head over there, March 19th, have a little watch party, chill with some friends, and catch some of the best independent wrestling from the Pine Tree State of Maine. Excuse me. Let's get into these last three articles here. Starting off from Cultaholic.com, Dakota Khan wants to see more crossover between WWE, NXT, and the main roster. This is from Aiden Gibbons. Ahead of Survivor Series 2019, NXT superstars invaded Friday Night SmackDown and Monday Night Raw and put their stamp on the main roster. The black and gold brand then dominated the pay-per-view with the likes of Keith Lee and Rhea Ripley putting in standout performances. There hasn't been much crossover between the brands since, though. But NXT's Dakota Kai urged for further cooperation during a recent interview with Wrestling Inc. Quote, I know the past year has been difficult for that to be something that could happen more. I think the only way to elevate NXT further is to have a lot more crossover between the brands, SmackDown and Raw and NXT. They should combine more, Kai said. She continued on to say, a lot of people remember the Survivor Series that happened in 2019. There was a lot of crossover happening. It was crazy. When NXT came to SmackDown for the first time, causing ruckus. People love that. 
I think there's a lot of opportunity there to tell different stories nobody has seen before, end quote. That was a quicker article than I thought. But yes, I honestly believe Dakota Kai's right. That moment, that time in 2019 before Survivor Series, that was wonderfully booked. Wonderfully booked. I was very, very impressed by how NXT invaded SmackDown and Raw during that that those weeks leading up to Survivor Series. I was fully happy with the result of it. Rhea Ripley had a, had a standout performance leading him, actually leading to her NXT Women's Championship victory back in December of 2019. Um, Keith Lee had a standout performance that entire weekend, not only competing at NXT uh, NXT War Games, NXT TakeOver War Games on Saturday, but also competing in a, the 5-on-5 Survivor Series match that Sunday, going up head-on, head-to-head with Roman in the last little bit. A lot of people thought that he was going to actually take it for NXT. Unfortunately, Roman Reigns got the victory there for, I believe, Raw. He was a Raw guy at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, he was a SmackDown guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, he won it for SmackDown. So, I was quite surprised by um, the standout performances of NXT during that weekend, and to which I gave them co-MVP for the entire Survivor Series weekend because of that. And if I had an MVP of the year for 2019... I easily would have considered them to be uh, major candidates for the year. Major major MVPs of 2019. They would have definitely gotten that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm very happy with that. Still happy with that to this day. And Dakota Kai is right. I would love to see more crossover. I would love to see more crossover. I mean, you have Randy Orton calling out, carrying Cross. You know, you'd love to see that. And I'm sure Cross will easily oblige. Uh, to getting in on that kind of action is seeing that, you know, the higher-ups in uh, WWE definitely love them some carrying cross, and would love to see him on the main roster sooner rather than later, of course. But yeah, I would love to see, you know, I, I mean, with Nia and Shayna coming back down to NXT and actually competing, defending the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships um, this coming Wednesday... That's going to be dope. I'm really excited to see how that goes. Um, that's going to be very interesting to see if they are able to pull that trigger and allow Dakota and Raquel to win tag team championships. I think that would be the best call they've got. I think it would make sense. I think that they should be able to go to WrestleMania and compete. And having NXT on the... You have two days worth of action. I think that would make all the sense in the world to have NXT be represented on a WrestleMania card. Even if it's just lower on the card, seeing NXT be able to compete on that card, I think that would be absolute um, gems for all parties across the board. I still want to see Kevin Owens come back. I want to see Adam Cole come up and challenge some people. I would love to see Keith Lee come back down to NXT. I would love to see Matt Riddle come down to NXT and defending the United States Championship against like a um, maybe a Tommaso Ciampa or somebody of, the, of that ilk. Um, I would love to see Timothy Thatcher come up and compete in a matchup. I would just love to see that, you know, that crossover across the board. Just seeing, you know, that it's just not just all about just the main roster. NXT's got to say in this too. And for most part, I'm sure people like NXT more than I would the main roster. If we're just talking about NXT versus the main roster across the board, I would prefer NXT over main roster. But it doesn't mean I wouldn't want to see a Kevin Owens go back down to NXT. A Daniel Bryan going into NXT. We saw Edge cut a promo on Finn and Pete Dunne 
uh, before NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day just a couple of weeks ago. So it's really cool to see that the possibility is there. It's on WWE to actually make that happen. And I'm with Dakota Kai on this one. I would love to see more crossover. I would love to see more talent go back down to NXT. I would love to see a Sasha go back down again. I would love to see a Bailey compete. I would love to see Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose go down there and compete. I would I would want to see more crossover like that because then that would actually bring more eyes to NXT and also let people know who these NXT talents are should they cross over into an episode of Raw or SmackDown. That's just how it is. I hope they do it. I hope they do it. I would love to see it happen. Maybe one day we'll see it, but only time will tell. Now, this article, when I found this, I haven't, now mind you, I do not read any of the articles before I um, record because I kind of want to give you guys a full on genuine, true reaction um, to this. This is hence why this is one of my favorites to do during the week. Um, you're getting a true, genuine reaction on the on the fly in that moment from me. But from SportsKeeda.com, possible reason why Drew McIntyre lost the WWE title to The Miz at Elimination Chamber revealed. This is from Leonard Sorrell. Elimination Chamber ended with Miz cashing in Money in the Bank contract the win WWE Championship for the second time in his career. The A-lister is now a world champion on the road to WrestleMania 37, and the decision to book a title change during such a critical phase has surprised several fans. Not me, motherfucker. I'm not surprised one bit, because I actually called it, and I have it on my Twitter. I got the receipt to prove it. Trust me when I tell you. Too easy. Too easy of a call. Dave Meltzer spoke about WWE's Elimination Chamber booking decision during the Wrestling Observer Radio's latest edition. Dave Meltzer said that the title change happened because it is just a transition to get to another destination. Brian Alvarez brought up the possibility of Drew McIntyre reclaiming the title on the next episode of Raw. I don't know if it happened. Don't really care. I don't watch Raw. However, Meltzer noted that he doesn't see the title change happening so soon as WWE has another pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre could win the title back at Fastlane based on the company's booking pattern, saying, quote, This is a transition to get to somewhere else. Wherever, whatever that is, I don't know. It may just be. I don't think it may be that quick. Of course, referring to Drew getting it back on Raw. Because they have a pay-per-view. So I could see Drew getting it back at the pay-per-view, or he could get it back on Raw, you know. Uh, We continue on, though. The Elimination Chamber fallout has made it clear that WWE is pushing for two opponents for Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley's involvement in the title change at Elimination Chamber makes him one of the favorites to face the Scottish Warrior at Mania. Sheamus is also in the picture, and Dave Meltzer stated that both heels would get their respective matches against Drew McIntyre. WWE will have to continue to build upon WrestleMania's hype after the big pay-per-view, and having compelling angles at the top of the card would be necessary. Meltzer highlighted several possibilities regarding Drew McIntyre's immediate future, saying, quote, Well, they will both get it. It's just a question of when. It's not like the world ends at WrestleMania. They are going to do it. They are definitely going to do it. The question is, you know, do they have Drew win the title? You know, tomorrow, referring to uh, Raw, and then defend against Sheamus, and then against Lashley, or in the opposite order. Or do they go with Drew beating Miz at Fastlane, and then defend, then then defend against probably Lashley, and then Sheamus comes after Lashley. End quote. The call for Miz to win the WWE Championship all comes down to the company viewing him as a superstar who can draw heat as a heel. 
The fans are rightfully annoyed by Miz dethroning Drew McIntyre, and the new WWE champion also has a proven track record of being a title holder who can irritate the masses. Quote, that's one of the things we talk about all the time. They will go in there with the idea that, oh, Miz is really annoying, and people would really, really get mad at him to be champion and all that. And there is something to that as well, end quote. Meltzer would later explain that WWE might still be going ahead with their initial tag team WrestleMania plan. The original idea was for Bad Bunny and Damian Priest to team up against The Miz and Morrison. Meltzer predicted that WWE could book Bad Bunny and Priest to cause Miz the WWE Championship in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania. However, Meltzer wasn't sure whether that would help Drew McIntyre's stock. The former WWE Champion should ideally receive no help in winning the title again to maintain his credibility as World Champion. I wouldn't be opposed to that. It goes along with the storyline. Him and Bad, him and the Miz and Bad Bunny have been, you know, in a little bit of a feud there for quite some time since the Royal Rumble. And this would kind of be Bad Bunny's way of getting back at the Miz for ruining his DJ's fuck, uh, his DJ set. You know, his computer, turntables, and all that. So that would kind of be a very solid way of getting one over on the Miz. You mess with my DJ's equipment. I screw you over and help you in uh, in a way help you lose the WWE Championship to Drew McIntyre. Then they settle it at WrestleMania. Ms. Morrison, uh, Damian Priest, Bad Bunny have, have Priest and Bad Bunny win. All that good stuff. Hmm. But it's not surprising that the Miz became WWE Champion. I knew it was coming. What better way to do it than after an Elimination Chamber match to kick off the show? Well, not to kick off the show, the end of the show. Actually, yeah, end of the show. Didn't surprise me one bit. I had a feeling Drew was going to retain that, you know, the Miz was going to cash in, become the new champion. I wasn't expecting Lashley to come out. That was a surprise. But then when you go back and you look at the MVP Miz little segment there, um, that was your red herring. By the way, that was pretty much your clue to let you know that, yeah, something's going to happen with the Hurt Business in the Miz to cost Drew the title. It is what it is. Um, I'm sure a lot of people were surprised. I wasn't and still am not because I'm just like, well, there you go. You know, it was just, it was, yeah, when you know, when they were, because like the match ended around like 9.24 and they still had a few minutes, of course, Rising of the Cage, Drew McIntyre retaining championship, out comes Lashley, more than enough time to beat the shit out of McIntyre, and then have The Miz come out and cash in, win the WWE Championship, and that's how we end Elimination Chamber going into this week. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. One bit. Not at all. Um, would it make sense for Bad Bunny and, and Damian Priest to cause Miz the title? title? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not? That's just perfect. Perfect timing. Perfect way to do it. To lead into the tag match. Um, if they have the rematch on the Road to Mania, you know, Miz, um, Miz loses again. Out. Congratulations. You had your moment. And I'm sure Miz wouldn't want to be a transitional champion. And I'm sure people who are fans of the Miz, and I am one too, um, would want to see him hold the title longer. But in this case... This is one of those where this is one of those little actual cases where you gotta think about it too. Money in the bank, I believe, is in May. 
right? So you would want, and we're in February, are we not? So um, they had to get that. They had to get rid of that briefcase ASAP, especially before Mania. What's the easiest way to do it? Had the miscash in it, Elimination Chamber. Drew McIntyre already competed, so he's pretty much worn out. Have Lashley come out and whoop his ass a little bit more. Had the Miz come out and with the biggest opportunity in the world. Cash in, become WWE champion, and there you go. Quite easy. So that's why I, I was pretty much in the realm of, yeah, they're going to have Miz cash in tonight. That's where my head was at when I made my picks. I kind of figured that, yeah, Miz was going to become champion. It only made sense. We'll see how the rest of the road to WrestleMania goes going forward. Um, we'll just see how everything pans out. And finally, to round out this week's episode of News of the Week. And I hope you guys actually enjoy I've been enjoying the episode so far. Of course, like I said before in the beginning of this episode, if you have any thoughts, concerns, comments, or questions, anything at all, leave your boy an email at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. Voice message over at anchor.fm slash younglinesperspective and anchor.fm slash Radio. Leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere else. You listen to this podcast. We go over to WrestlingNews.co. Mick Foley pleads with WWE to not mess around regarding Rhea Ripley's push from Andrew Ravens. WWE confirmed that Rhea Ripley is headed to the Raw brand as part of the main roster. The company aired a video package during Monday's episode of Raw to start hyping her arrival. She was officially called up to the main roster last month as she worked the Women's Royal Rumble match. There had been speculation about which brand she would end up on, but obviously WWE cleared that up. I told you that months ago. You're welcome. I expect my check in the mail, WWE. Thank you. Anywho, WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley to Twitter to make the plea to WWE regarding Ripley's upcoming push while on the main roster. Foley has been a fan of the former NXT Women's Champion for the last few years and even pitched why she should have won the Women's Royal Rumble match this year. He wrote the following, and I quote, It's vital that WWE not mess around when it comes to pushing Rhea Ripley. WWE, please, don't allow her to suffer a 50-50 fate. Strap that rocket to her back and see how far she can fly, end quote. Mick Foley is not wrong making this plea. Because I have, I would have made the same plea. And I'm going to make it right now. WWE, do not fuck this up. Just like Bianca Belair. Rhea Ripley is one hell of a talent. Okay. I dig Rhea Ripley. I like her look. I love her theme. I like how she gets down in the ring. She can cut a promo. She can. She's a five. She's a at least a four-two player. Look, promo, theme. Um, entrance is fire. In ring work is fire. Solid five-two player across the board. She has. She has it. She has that it factor. 
She is not. She is the only woman in in history to hold the NXT and NXT UK Women's Championships. Okay, no other woman in the industry can honestly say that right now. Women have won the NXT Championship. Three have won the NXT UK Women's Championship, but only one can say that they've won both, and that's Rhea Ripley. So credibility. Already, already big, her biggest accolade. She's got that locked down. She's been in the ring with the Shayna Baszler's, the Bianca Belair's, the Charlotte Flair's. Okay. Rhea Ripley to Raw is the easiest decision to make, given the fact that you moved Bianca Belair over to SmackDown. All right. This is a she is a slam dunk blue chip talent. I honestly believe you need to put her in WrestleMania, have her beat Asuka, and if you want to put Charlotte Flair in there too, by all means. But she, the second she comes up to Raw and she steps foot on the Raw brand, that woman should be immediately a top-tier player on the Raw roster. She should become Raw Women's Champion at WrestleMania and have a kick-ass banger feud with Asuka going into the summer months. If you want to revisit the Charlotte feud, by all means do so. Perfectly fine. Just make sure this time around, the right woman wins. And if we, and if she, you guys have, and if they have her get past Asuka and Charlotte, then you got to figure out the rest of the division in and of itself because I don't know all about that. But, yes, I agree with McFoley. They cannot mess this up. Regardless if she had won the Royal Rumble or not, she is solidified as a top-tier player on Raw, hands down, no question, and they need it. They need all the star power they can get because when you're getting under 2 million viewership consistently... You're gonna need to you're gonna need to fix a couple of things. I think Rhea Ripley can help the women's division immediately. That brings more credibility. Look at that. Look at that. Look at the, what you have. Look what you look at the look at the quartet you have in Raw right now. Think of this. This is your top five right now. And I, I, I sad it sickens me to add Nia. Well, she's not. The only reason I'm adding Nia Jackson is because she's a women's tag team champion right now. But think about think about the division as a whole, right? You have Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Mandy, Dana Brooke, Charlotte, Rhea, Shayna, Nia, Naomi. That's not a bad roster to have. It's just that they don't do anything with them. But and and, and Lana's in there too. I guess we can do that. That's fine. But um Let's be real with ourselves. Let's keep it real with ourselves. Rhea Ripley on the main roster was inevitable. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And now we know she's coming soon to the Raw roster. And she's to immediately be thrust into a women's championship opportunity at WrestleMania. They cannot fuck this up. This is one of your top talents that you have. One of your top women coming out of NXT, period. And she should be treated as such. Put that damn jetpack on her and let's see how high she goes. And if she goes to the moon, 
so be it. If she heads to the galaxy, even better. But Rhea Ripley to me is a game changer on the main roster. And I honestly believe she can easily make waves on Raw. I think it would definitely be a big service to WWE. Excuse me. To make that happen and to ensure the credibility of the Raw Women's Championship. Hopefully they pull it off because if they don't, it'll just be another story of, well, yeah, Vince <laughs> Triple H creates and Vince McMahon destroys. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 298 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode five of last week. This week, we'll be right back. That's going to be it for episode 298 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode, any any news I may have missed, or if you just want to give me your thoughts on today's news, hit me up with an email over at youngmindsperspective at gmail.com. Hit me up with a voice message over on anchor.fm slash youngmindsperspective and over on anchor.fm slash WrestleAddict Radio. Leave a comment over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or any other platform you listen to the YLP Podcast. If you want to check me out on my social media, I've got plenty of places you can find me at. You can find me over on Twitter at YL Perspective. That's capital YLP Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. SmackDown Live every Friday night, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to, or if I'm just dead tired, apparently. Um, I usually will let you guys know prior to, and again, my apologies not letting y'all know I wasn't going to last uh, last night on Wednesday night my apologies um, I was just dead tired it was just, like last couple of days of work I just been kicking my ass so my apologies for that but I usually will let you guys know prior to that night's show if I'm going to be doing that or not I also do live tweeting for every AEW live pay-per-view every WWE live pay-per-view every NXT and NXT UK takeover special and of course, when it's 3.30 in the morning and I can't seem to go back to sleep, I do live 24 New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. In regards to the uh, Revolution pay-per-view, um, I may not be live tweeting for that. I will play it by ear. Um, like I said, I will be out. Uh, of course, like I said, in this episode, we'll be future Mr. Final B. Um, it's having a private matter. So that's kind of uh, the deal with that. Uh, so I'll let you guys know prior to the event if I will be watching it live or not. See, but we shall continue on. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, I can be found there at young underscore lines underscore perspective. Updates, 60 second thought videos, memes, memes, more memes, all that good stuff. If you want to send me memes, please DM me. Send me your best memes, and if I like them enough, I will put them on my page. All that good stuff. Y'all already know what time it is with that. 
you want to find me over on Facebook, and luckily for you, if you have Facebook and you already follow me on Instagram, and you and you can find follow me on Facebook, all my Instagram posts actually cross over to Facebook, and I can be found over there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, make damn sure that you follow the page. We have over 100 followers over on the page. I want to thank you guys so much for your continued love and support. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can check me out on all the alt tech stuff. I'm over on Parlor too. Um, Gab, I'm over there. Uh, put it, uh, send it out to your friends on there. Send it through uh, the alt messaging apps, Signal, Voxer, WhatsApp, Telegram, Facebook Messenger, all that stuff. Send it through a text message. Slide into your friends' DMs. Let them know about the YLP podcast. Let them know about Wrestling Addicts Radio as a whole. Share the wealth. Share the love. Share the love. And let the people know about the YLP podcast. Because in these unprecedented quarantine times, we here at Wrestle Addict Radio do our very best every single week to provide you top-notch quality entertainment that you can enjoy after a hard day's work. Because with the YLP Podcast, the Kings of Rings Podcast, the Fretzelmania Podcast, and don't you dare forget the Delight Show with Manch Chapel, we strive to be A1, top-notch, grade A, cream of the crop. Creme de la creme, the gold standard, undisputed, undoubtedly, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. Everybody has their, you know, apps that they use for their personal podcasting needs. But, my friends, if you are just thinking that we're all about Anchor and AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, my friend, you are sadly mistaken, as always. Because not only can you find us on those platforms, you can find us across many, many different platforms, including, of course, Amazon Music and Audible. Excuse me. And if you do check us out there, A, let a friend know about it. B, leave a five-star rating. C, make sure you leave a comment in there letting people know how much you love WrestleAddict Radio. And um, let everyone know that they should be listening to it as well. Also, you can find all of the family of WrestleAddict Radio podcasts across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Podcast Addict, Player FM. Shout out to the Podbean Gang, as always. Castbox FM. Overcast. Pocket Cast. Radio Public. Stitcher Radio. And of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on any of these apps, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. I'm going to look over to the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations for this week. And with that, I look to the country of Jamaica. And I believe I am getting a thumbs up. That's a lot of smoke over there. Hopefully it's not a fire. Anyway, 
So this coming Monday, y'all know, as we have talked about in the programming note, will be the last episode before I take a little, a, a quick hiatus, uh, from the, from the, uh, war realm for a few days. Um, yes, episode five of last week, this week is going down the series tied at two after AEW was able to stop the streak of the black and gold standard for making it three in a row. Can NXT bounce back or will AEW be able to make this a two show win streak? Mind you, since I was not able to, since I was pretty much incapacitated, I did not watch AEW dynamite or NXT just yet. So it is up in the air. Literally up in the air. Either one of these brands could take it. If you want to hit me up on my Twitter at Wild Perspective, who you think won, let me know. I may pull. I actually may do this for uh, Social Saturday. I may put up a poll. And I may make do this a, a weekly thing. So hold me to it if you must. I want. I'm gonna. I may put up a poll on Thursdays before I do a recording, letting you know, letting me know who you think won the week, AEW or NXT. And I'll think, I think in my mind that may, may become a factor into who actually wins the week because it's the, you, you people, you people up, up, down, down fans know about that. Um, you people also watch AEW and you also watch NXT. So I can get, kind of get a good idea engaging who, you know, who may have won the week, which, which show may have won the week, you know, so I may, I may start doing that as well. Kind of getting an idea of, you know, oh, maybe they think, you know, people think AEW, people think NXT. Then we can find out and see for ourselves whether we're on the same page or not. So we'll see how that goes. I may do that for Saturday um, before going into episode f- episode five of the last week this week. But that's what's going down this coming Monday. Last week this week, episode five. Who's going to take the 3-2 weed? We will find out then. Of course, y'all know it is Friday. So as I always say, be safe out there if you're going to be going out and about. Um, make sure you stay productive, uh, productive as possible, of course. And of course, with quarantine stuff, um, you know, try to keep your mind off all the nonsense. Don't watch the news. You know, the news is about as toxic as, you know, Flint water these days. So, yeah, keep your mind off that. Don't worry about the politics and stuff. Worry about you. You are the most important person in your life. Hands down. And if you've get and if you've forgotten about that, that's that slap of reality right there. You are literally the most important person in your life. And if you're not taking care of yourself, no one else is gonna fucking do it for you. So please stay productive. Keep your mind on the right things. Keep your mind on positivity. You know, go for a run, nice little walk in nature, work out, do do that project you've been you've been putting off for some time. Um, stay busy. You know, visit a friend or two. Call your grandma. I actually need to do that. You know, call your mom, call your friends, make sure they're doing well, make sure everybody's doing all right. You know, do something you know that will help you out long term. Because if you don't, man, it may 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 not be good. It will not end up the way you think it does. Other than that, I'm getting the hell out of here because it is the weekend. I actually got to start packing uh, for this little private matter I got to attend to next week. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you guys right back here this Monday for episode five of Last Week This Week. See you!
This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.